0: What former dynasty darling might be back on the radar in 2020? Which AFC West running back could take a big leap towards being a star this season? And could an aging future Hall of Famer be on your must-draft list this year? Plus, the $100,000 2019-2020 inaugural Football Guys Playoff Challenge winners Jim Cox and Jeff Everage are here to discuss how they assembled the winning roster and what it was like flipping 35 bucks. Into a hundred grand Hey we've got a great show for you Dave Gerzak is here I'm Eric Balkman Stick around Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now
1: Everybody If you got I'm And I'm on the mic and on the break
0: Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to each and every one of you, Balkaholics and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle. Dave Gerzak coming up on tonight's show. We're going to take a closer look at that Tampa Bucks, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks passing game, what Giants wide out we prefer in FFPC drafts, and then Jim Cox and Jeff Everidge are going to drop in to talk about how they won the $100,000 grand prize in the inaugural 2019 2020 Football Guys Playoff Challenge. Dave, welcome. Uh, it's a Thursday. It's a little bit out of sync for us, but I feel like we can get this done. This is always a. Um, a weird time of year because we haven't switched into full-on dynasty preview mode, which we will be uh, here shortly in the next few weeks. And I feel like we're caught in in limbo. We're caught in the in between. This is fantasy purgatory between the 2019 and the 2020 seasons. We're still recapping, but we got a bunch of FFPC drafts going off that that we want to talk about ADP with too.
2: Yeah, it's, I, I think it's actually kind of a fun time in that you know it gives us freedom to do whatever we want. We can talk about whatever we feel like. Uh, I I need to get going on 2020 players. Do do you feel like
0: you need to? I think I think you're well in your wheelhouse of when you normally do it.
2: Well, I am in my wheelhouse when I normally do it, which is coming up. Right. Okay.
0: Um, I uh, I was looking at the um, Bucky Brooks from NFL.com put put out his top five at every position, and uh, I was like, oh, it's got my juices flowing. I, I got to look at my draft picks again. And then I was actually looking at some of my my teams, my dynasty teams. They're in some good shape. I don't want to brag, but they're in really good shape. (laughs) I'm very excited for this 2020 season. That's awesome, actually. Isn't it exciting instead of looking at the cover being bare. Well, this is the other thing, too, is at this point of the year, you're looking at your dynasty teams, and either you're kind of like awash in fantasy greatness for how you did the previous season, but you're a little bit worried about how this season's going to go, or you've already spent most of last season building up to this year, and you're excited for how it's going to. So I think this is a – Hope springs eternal. It's part of the reason that a lot of these dynasty orphans have been flying off the boards. Yeah, and they've have, they have been moving. We're down to like forty some right now, actually. I think it is. And and, uh,
2: yeah, but and there's still good teams out there with really good prices, actually.
0: If you want to pick up one of those teams, go to myffpc.com/dynasty. You can check out a list of all the dynasty orphans that are out there, along with the asking price. The entire rosters and picks are slated on there. Make your uh, bids. I know Davis Maddock, uh, our buddy, actually picked one up this week. And yep. he was tweeting about uh, the work that he's going to put into that. Can't wait to see how that turns out. He's very confident, as well he should be. And, uh, by the way, Best Ball League still open, too. 35 77 and $250. Super flexes, uh, standards, um, and um, uh, what's the one? Oh, double ups are all available at myffpc.com. Hop in one of those for sure. Oh, yeah, uh, we
2: might have an opening in a couple of my private leagues.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. In Dynasty? Yeah. How are the teams? Uh, strong
2: to very strong? The one team actually had low victory points, but he I, I, has uh, potential. I mean, he has you know, some decent players. He uh, might be able like to a dis- discount. And then okay. the other one, I'm not really sure. What I, leagues
0: are these? Can you say the names on the air, or is that bad? Uh, yeah, uh, Stoned.
2: I okay. Yeah. Yep. And Pirate Swag.
0: I one. used to be in that one. Yeah. I used to be in Pirate Swag. Yeah,
2: the Pirate Swag team, that's the one where he didn't have many, many victory points. I don't know what his draft picks look like, so I hope, I mean, if they're bad, then they're bad. And that,
0: that's that used to be a 14, and now it's a 12 teamer? That was fantasy sharks. Oh, I was pirate swag is still a. What, well, it's the, always been a twelve. So, okay, all right. I'm pretty then
2: sure I, I'm pretty sure.
0: I was in it and I don't even remember. So clearly I – The, the I'm, stone league is pretty. Is actually a cool league. Why don't you? Uh, those are both on MFL. Yeah, I'll check them out. I'll look at them. All right, yeah. All right. Uh, I want to uh, shout out to the chat room. If you have any questions, feel free to post them in there at HSFF or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where to find us on Twitter, Facebook slash, uh, Facebook.com slash or, and then 347-426-3682, 347 game over. if you want to give us a call and talk to us tonight. football at com is where to reach us. If you have any questions, post them in the chat room, send us in the email, or tweet at us. And uh, our mutual friend and producer Rob, as well as my best friend, And audio engineer Bryce will uh, do their best to get to those questions later on coming up in the fantasy feedback segment on the show. I want to thank football guys, Roto World, and Rob, of course, for tonight's rundown. Let's kick things off with a former Florida State player. What a great way to start things off. NFL Networks. Got got his degree? uh, I don't know about that. Obviously. I I hope not because he was a running back. Like, you shouldn't be, unless you graduate in three years, you shouldn't. If you have NFL aspirations, you shouldn't be around G- for your season. Good, good point. Good uh, point. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport says the Falcons are, quote, weighing on for moving for moving on for Devontae Freeman. Uh, Rappaport says that that decision is up in the air. It is a $3.5 million cap savings if they release Devontae Freeman, who will be 28 years old before the season uh, starts. That would leave the Falcons with Edo Smith, Brian Hill, who's an exclusive rights free agent, and then uh, a bevy of draft picks or potentially a free agent signing that they would add in that uh, backfield. Uh, Devontae Freeman rushed 184 times or 656 yards and two touchdowns, a career low 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, and that was 51% of the team's carries last year. So I don't think there's much to report here, Dave, on, hey, what do you think of Devontae Freeman? I think the story here is, what are you looking at with Ido Smith? Um, how much stack are you putting into him from a dynasty angle? Or are you convinced that they are going to be adding somebody in free agency or the draft that will be carrying the lion's share of the workload going forward in 2020? Uh, yes, the latter. I think they're going to either draft someone or maybe pick up
2: a free agent if they're cheap. But I think they're going to draft someone fairly early.
0: There is no fantasy value in Ido Smith or very little fantasy value in Ido Smith and Brian Hill right now in your opinion. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to trade for him, uh, go nuts. I happen to agree with you. I yeah. just wanted to get that out there. Devonte I mean, Freeman, you're not going to get anything for him. Hold on to him. See where he lands, right? If I own him, yeah, that's where I would be with him. But I
2: mean, I, I've always considered him a mediocre talent at best. Uh, he's had a couple of good seasons, but or a few good seasons? I don't
0: know. Maybe I, I actually, uh, spoiler alert, when we total up the I Got Five on It board, I actually lost the Devonte Freeman bet to you this season. I was betting on the uh, on the bounce back. You know what I've noticed about the I Got Five on It boards on this show? I tend to have staunch. Dances on certain players And then we'll make a wager on it And then after I make the wager You'll sort of talk me out of my position on them And then I'll lose the wager But I won't have them on any of my teams That's what I've noticed over the years I guess that's good right I hardly had any I had like one Devontae Freeman team this past year It was yeah It ended up working out really well He's had two good
2: seasons His age 23 and 24 season 2015, 2016 2017 he did okay But I don't think you would have been really super happy About where you drafted him
0: and the other thing to keep in mind, too, like, this is a high-powered offense. You know what I mean? Yeah, you should have good seasons. I mean, if you're the running
2: back for that team, I mean, you know, you look at what Aaron Jones did this past year for the Packers, I mean, I feel like
0: Packers running backs should be doing that every single year when, when they
2: have so many points that they're scoring. Right.
0: Well, especially with LaFleur's offense. Now, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, all right. So that's how we feel about Devontae Freeman. Let's move on and talk about a dynasty guy that we were hyping up quite a bit last year. The Athletics' Matt Barrows reports that Jalen Hurd is expected to be ready Four OTAs. Uh, Hurd had a back injury, which apparently is healed. He's doing well. And remember, this is a guy that played, um, I can't remember how this was. He played running back and caught, he played receiver. No, he played running back, then he switched to receiver, and then he was drafted as a receiver as well. Did not play at all in the regular season after he injured his, his, uh, his back. And uh, he's going to be 24 years old by the time the season starts, Dave. I know you like Jalen Hurd quite a bit last year. I think the shine has worn off, though, a little bit, especially given what we've seen in that Niners backfield.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, we liked him until he got hurt, and then at that point, he was just off our board completely because there was just no, no point. But I, really, I like him from a dynasty perspective, actually, as well as from a – well, to some, some extent, from a redraft perspective, Devoted did so well that there's not going to be a ton of room for him. And actually, he does right. a lot of the same things um, that I think that they would have – like, Devo does a lot of the same things that I think they wanted her to do. Uh, you know, running the ball and just doing these, you know, various types of things. Yeah. But Hurd has that talent. I mean, he was a he was a five star recruit as a running back, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he was. And he did really well in the SEC as a running back, and then he trans transitioned to wide receiver because he thought it would create a longer NFL career. And, and he transferred he, to Baylor too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I actually I like Hurd. I mean, he, I, the team drafted him highly. They have draft capital involved. So and I think right now he's cheap. I mean, the only people talking about him are probably us and uh, you know some other low rated podcasts.
0: Think about think about um, what you would have to give up for him, Dave, and and think about the talent in this year's NFL draft. Would you give up a third rounder for Jalen Hurd right now, or is that too much? I mean, a third rounder
2: is basically kind of not worth a ton. I know what you're going to say it's a super deep draft. It always is, right? Well, not always, but
0: <laughs> um, I don't think I would. Just for me personally.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think with Hurd though, you can probably get him either like off the cut pile or yeah. for a fourth. I don't know that you have to spend a third to get Jalen Hurts.
0: FFPC, you should for sure be able to get him off the cut pile. Who kept yeah. him around? You yeah, know what I mean? He's going
2: to be getting cut in almost right.
0: uh, Moving on, another Florida State guy. God, it, it's already our best show ever because since we're talking about all this uh, Seminoles. Uh, Jameis Winston underwent LASIK surgery to fix his vision, according to Pro Football Talk on Twitter. Go ahead with your joke. Did he, did he finally save up the four grand? Hilarious. <laughs> uh, Winston... Uh, is, is a free agent right now. He is looking for a new contract. He's 26 years old. If you remember, I, w- I remember this back in his Florida State days, he was always squinting towards the sideline, you know, to get the play in or, or looking at um, because he has uh, nearsightedness. Bruce Arians, his coach, quote, he can't read the scoreboard, but he can see the guys in front of him. After watching Jameis Winston last year, Dave, I question the validity of that argument. I don't know if he can see the guys in front of him.
2: What is it? You, you, know, I mean, you should have to get an eye exam as part of your incoming physical every year, too, shouldn't you? Well, maybe he did, and he just failed it. No, I mean, like, three years ago. If he was squinting three years ago or whenever it was, I mean, since forever. Well, he's nearsighted. Are you going to cut a guy because he's nearsighted? No, but if, if you're – okay, if you're a quarterback right. and you're nearsighted and you have, like, 20 – even, like, 2,200 vision or 2,150 or 2,100. Yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't you get LASIK? I mean, isn't that what baseball players Yeah, I would have. Do so I don't know why he does spin it. on the ball better. If you're an air force pilot, do you think it makes sense to have 20/20 20, 20 vision? See, now they would
0: cut you for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just the point. But air force pilots don't make 20 million a year. Who's okay? Frankly, Maverick not, did. Who's more? I mean, who's more important? I mean, from uh
0: entertaining millions and making millions. Quarterback.
2: A quarterback. Yeah. I mean, good God. Anyway, there you go. My. <laughs> Insta rant over. He
0: threw for 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns last year. Uh, good for first and second in the NFL, respectively. However, 30 interceptions. My God, I'm going to say it again. 30 interceptions last year. Absolutely insane. Dave, here's why I bring this up. I think if uh, you were to... Can you read the last sentence in the article? Um it's unknown if anyone associated with the team requested Winston have the surgery. <laughs> so That's funny. I just That's according to Roto World. <laughs> Good job, guys. Um, so the one thing I will bring up with Winston is you look at that Tampa Bay offense, Evans, Godwin, Howard, Ronald Jones, um, it, it's flush with talent. And the two, I don't know if anybody's offering odds on this in any reputable sports book. Probably not. But I would, I would think that the odds on favorites are the two quarterbacks that are mentioned most as being the starting quarterback for the Bucks next year are both Jameis Winston and Phillip Rivers. If you own Godwin or Evans or, or any of those Tampa Bay guys, wouldn't you rather have Winston come back for another year or yeah, you know, of course. What, over Phillip Rivers. Yes, you get the certainty
2: of of the past performance. Um, 5,000 yards last year. And all the touchdowns. And what do you care about the picks if you're an owner of – I don't. Evans? I mean, you kind of don't want him to throw as many, so you get more touchdown opportunities. But other than that, I mean, because they're drive-stoppers. Which, so. by the way, it's not like Phillip Rivers was exactly a clean sheet last year as yeah, far as I mean, picks go. He's so old, and he just shot-puts the ball all over the place. That's the problem I, I have I, with I, it. I do too, man. I, it, wouldn't, I wouldn't have – I would downgrade both those guys if Rivers came over, even though I think Rivers would do fine, just not 5,100 yards fine. Right.
0: It You know, watching Winston and Rivers throw football, I, you probably didn't see Iron Man 3, but there's a scene in there where the, this kid makes a little potato gun, that's like Phillip Rivers, and then at the end, Iron Man develops a, a, a Mark II potato gun form, and it's like the creme de la creme, that's Winston throwing the football. There you go, yeah. You know, so there's, a, there's a, a huge difference between arm strength. And, well, and from a fantasy perspective, we're saying, not from the NFL. That, but that's my point. Like, I would much rather have the guy who's gripping it and ripping it down the field the Godwin and Evans rather than the guy who's just shot-putting it over the middle. Well, you know?
2: that may not be what the team wants, though, I mean, because clearly they don't want a person who's throwing 33 picks. They
0: don 't, but they let him play last year, throwing oh, thirty
2: who's is, who is the back
0: I have Ryan Griffin, I think it was it wasn 't anybody great, so uh, final point I want to get to before we get to our hundred thousand heirs uh, talking uh, on the show here tonight, Jim Cox and Jeff Everidge, they're up next in just a couple minutes. Uh, Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson Dave i don 't know if you knew this he 's a free agent he 's going to be highly sought after uh, in, in the free agent market. He was fourth in 2019, or excuse me, he was fourth. Since 2016 in the league with 112 targets of over 20 yards, the jets quarterbacks completed passes to him on those at a 28.3% accuracy, which is second to last in the NFL. If this guy lands with even a semi-competent quarterback, he is going to go boffle for fantasy and he's going to pay off big time right now in FFPC drafts. If you look at his ADP, he's going off as the 43rd receiver drafted in the 10th round. Give me all the Robbie Anderson in the 10th round at that point. Eh. It's going to be very difficult for him to be in a worse situation than he was last year. Very difficult.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, g- given those stats, uh, they, they clearly can't get him the ball deep, but I mean, that's, Part of the question is he just a one-trick pony uh so i don't know i don't know how much interested i am in taking him with you know given the uncertainty where he's gonna go and 43rd wide receiver that's close to starting
0: yeah uh, it de- depends upon what second, you do it's
2: your second flex i don't know
0: to me that's usually when i'm looking at like my first ben- bench player i guess because i'm I, i'll formulate my starting lineup and then I'll usually get a quarterback or two by then and then i'm looking at i'm guessing there's someone else I'd wander around in that spot but i mean you know i i guess he could do fine just to give you an idea these are the three receivers going right after him in drafts brandon cooks curtis samuel and marvin jones i know you'd rather have samuel right well i i guess i don't know because i don't know who the quarterback is going to be in carolina right now
2: i probably, probably look at all three of those guys even cooks um but, in Marvin Jones, you don't know what the situation would be there, but you know all the what Marvin Jones always seems to do is just produce.
0: yeah, he does.
2: I mean, he really he really does he's always what was he he was probably like wide receiver eighteen again last year or something like
0: that. Well, he like he was like remember wide he got
2: over fourteen the year before.
0: Well, I would have to look at where he was because he got hurt and missed a good chunk of the end of the season. Um, but up, up, you're right. Up until that point, he, he was like doing four, very well, like
2: a four touchdown game. He did time.
0: have a four touchdown game. That's absolutely right. I know
2: for sure. Cause he was on one of my
0: benches. <laughs> that stinks. <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't stink. Our next guest here. And I want to bring him in right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, bring coming in, uh, to the show tonight. These guys have been playing fantasy football, uh, both with and against each other in multiple home redraft and keeper leagues. For the last decade and a half, they joined an FFPC Dynasty League in 2016. Hey, that's right, when Robbie Anderson was dropping all those deep balls, Dave. (laughs) Nice. Uh, They have a third place, a first place, and a second place finish in that league. They've played multiple playoff challenges and have won a few thousand dollars between them. But this year was by far their biggest ever win. Please welcome in the $100,000 Football Guys Playoff Challenge winners, Jim Cox and Jeff Everidge. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey guys. How are you? Hey guys. We're doing well. Congratulations on the 100k. I want to talk uh, quite a bit about that obviously as as we pick your brains tonight, but before we get into that, uh Jim, can you tell us what you do for a living and then uh, after he's done, Jeff, can you go ahead?
3: Uh, I'm in the oil and gas industry. I'm a drilling engineer. Been doing that for about 20 some years, so
1: and I am also uh, in the oil and gas industry. I'm a VP of sales for a service company, which is exactly how Jim and I met uh, 15 plus years ago.
2: That's all guys. So not, I'm going to ask a personal question now. I have a 16 year old daughter who's kind of interested in engineering and I, I am like, Hey, like petroleum engineering, you know, pay is like bonkers or, you know, pay is really great. So why? First of all, I assume that that's correct, that right petroleum engineers, those guys are making pretty good bank, right?
3: That is correct.
2: <laughs> so then my, but so then my question to her was, well, how do you write the essay for that you're getting into college? You know, let's say you want to go to Texas A&M, and you say, you know, hey, I want to get a petroleum engineering. Climate change is fake. I want to get as much oil out of the ground as I possibly can. What do you think? Do you have, do you have a better idea for a for, a, for an, uh, an essay? Short and sweet. Uh, I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I would say, that might get you in.
3: I would say
1: that's that Texas good AM, maybe, Absolutely. I, I do believe,
3: <laughs> as far as for petroleum engineers goes, that it's it's we're probably on the uh, we're towards the the end of our cycle. It looks like. I mean, as far as for being able to make the big bucks like we've been making for the last several years.
2: Uh, you know what? I I I I'm not going to disagree totally, but I think I, I think you guys got still got some uh, there's still some stuff so, the still some cash to be squeezed out. Some what what are, what are the wildcats? Oh. What do they call that? What uh, when they strike yeah. strike oil? I don't know. I have that. Yeah. Whatever the hell. it is, Sorry guys. No worries. So tell us again how you guys got hooked up. Uh, you know, just as friends. You know, turning that 35 grand into 100 thousand. Jim, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, Jeff. We'll, I'll, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, go ahead.
1: Okay. So, uh, Jim and I met back in, I guess, 2005, 2004. Um, we got into a – it was a driller's league, actually. Together, we were playing against each other. Uh, and then they – we started another keeper league, and we're playing against each other. And we finally were we, – we were both of – one mind as far as how we approached fantasy football. So we figured we would join forces, getting us some higher stakes stuff. We found FFPC. Uh, We started our dynasty league three years ago, or is it three or four, three years ago. We actually signed up for our second dynasty league last year. So we have two now Um, and have been great friends. uh, Like I say, for, you know, 15, 15 years, um, Jim, you can you can add on to that?
3: No, I think that's right. I mean, it's actually four years on the first one, but, um, no, nah, I mean, we battled against each other and saw each other doing waiver wire pickups and everything else to make it to where we, we understood that uh, we thought alike and, you know, pissed each other off in the, uh,
2: the redraft <laughs> league
1: battling each other out on the waiver wire.
2: That's great. That's, That's good. Sorry. Well,
1: listen. We figured we would have more fun uh, playing together than we than we would playing against each other.
0: Well, and and playing together for a hundred grand certainly that would be a lot of fun for me. Uh, absolutely, and congrats to both of you on that huge payday. Uh, Jim, I, I know you guys you you worked on multiple lineups uh, in that competition. I want to speak directly to this one if I can here. Can you sort of take us uh, through the process on, on, on how you and Jeff sort of settled on ultimately settled on this roster?
3: Yeah, we um, we actually entered four teams. Uh, and uh, we settled in on Baltimore and Kansas City as being our Super Bowl guys out of the AFC and New Orleans and San Francisco and the NFC. Um, started a quarterback. Uh, didn't want anything really to do with Jimmy G. So we had two of uh, Lamar, one Drew Brees, and and one Mahomes, which uh, ended up being the good one. And then obviously looked at teams with a. Uh, we thought we'd be playing multiple games. Ended up fading both uh, Minnesota and Philadelphia, in all four of them. So um, got lucky, I guess, and picked the uh, the right combo there in the, the fourth team.
0: Jim, was, was this um w- w- how, was this a long arduous process? Did you guys sweat over these 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 lineups, or did you just kind of like were were you very methodical and like okay, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Okay, they look good. All right, good luck. We'll see how it goes. Or or I mean, was it that simple? Or, or was there a sweat was there was there some heavy analysis going on
3: uh there was definitely sweat uh um, we threw the four teams in pretty quick and then uh probably the uh Friday before wild card weekend sat on the phone for about an hour and a half discussing and finally just got to the point where if we keep talking about it we're gonna end up with uh you Know the same lineup in all four of them, which obviously we didn't want to do, so we we cut it short there. I mean, we we just had a few players, you know, off of Kansas City, obviously it was Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. Uh, New Orleans was Camara, Thomas, and Breeze. Uh, really, Green Bay, Adams, and Jones. Uh, Mostert and Kittle from San Francisco were the only two options we really looked at, so uh. Just kind of did a a change up between all four of them before we condensed it down to one. So we finally stopped talking, but it took a while. Yeah, and I, and I, uh, I, I should have and mentioned.
0: I, go ahead.
1: Go I was going to say so. Initially, of the four teams, Jim filled out one. I filled out one, and then the last two we filled out together. Uh, the third the third entry was basically we. I mean, we faded everything. We went completely contrary to. We're like, you know what? These are these are the ones that sometimes win these things, and that <laughs> it wasn't the case. That one, I think, finished dead last of all four of them. But the uh, the fourth lineup, I mean, up until the championship weekend, that that one was not doing very well until most Mostert Mahomes absolutely went off. So anyway, it was it, a fun process, should've... but like.
0: I should have mentioned, too, and, 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 and I'm sorry to cut you off, I should have mentioned to anybody listening, this was, this was uh, Jim and Jeff's winning lineup here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, three running backs, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Raheem Mostert, three receivers, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, and then Mark Andrews at tight end, Stephen Hauschka at kicker. Uh, defense was New England Patriots. And uh, a, a slim, very slim point eight. Uh, point victory uh, for you guys uh, over. Um, I can't remember. I Redbird Doctor O six. I, I, this name is his name is in my head. I know he's from Wisconsin. And, it was in
2: hundred two thirty five.
0: No 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 no. This so that's is. That's his team name. Yeah. yeah, that's his team name. I I, I can't remember who it was. It, it's on the tip of my tongue, but sweating that out there that had to be uh, insanely close. But at least we get. Uh, we get to know the knowledge of it. Now, Dave, why don't Michael you... Michael Gillie. Yeah, that's who it is. Michael Gill. That's who it is. Um, Dave, ask him... Uh, let's talk about the sweat that was actually going on. Because we had... We had last week, we had on the $500,000 winner, Austin Martin. Not, it, was a, it was a semi-sweat, but he won comfortably
2: yeah, by but like 11 points. Right. This
0: was not an 11-point victory. Very true.
2: Guys, but before I ask this question, let me just... In case you didn't read the... In case you didn't compare the scoring on the email... Um, had you entered the 500K contest, you would not have taken a 500K. Right. You would have taken second. Second act. place. So that's cool in a way Correct. in that you didn't don't feel screwed, right? <laughs> so You but can a, sleep well. Right. But it. would but have been another we, 50 grand. Yeah, it would have been 50 grand.
3: <laughs> yeah, but we've talked about this. Uh, we would never have put four $200 lineups in. So the fact that our fourth lineup in the, the football guys deal at $35 uh, was the one that won us. I mean, actually going into – conference championship weekend we had two other teams that we thought had a much better chance to to at least get some money out of so um yeah we we talked about that it seemed that we would have never put eight hundred dollars in versus 140 that we did
2: there you go good so, um, that worked out that works. That's, that's part of why we added yep. that second contest anyway exactly. so, the real question uh so this is for jeff you and jim were in third place in the competition going into the super bowl uh, can you guys take us through how you and Jim decided to watch the game and what it was like seeing uh, your team and you guys move up to first place? <clears throat>
1: so, Jim lives in Tulsa and I live in Houston. And uh, I almost had him convinced to, he was actually out of town for work. I almost had him convinced to fly in to Houston for the Super Bowl, but uh, work would not allow it. So, we basically were on the phone. <laughs> Uh, with each other during the game. The funny part is my wife tolerates fantasy football. She knows it's my one of my pastimes, my passions. It's uh, one of my biggest hobbies. But I have never seen her stare at a laptop for the entire game like she did that night because she knew what was on the line. That's and, awesome. uh, no, we were we were sweating it. So the, the two teams that were ahead of us had uh, – Oh, Mostert and Kelsey. 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 <laughs> yes, and we were three, I think, three point two points behind them, and the points double for the Super Bowl, so we, we needed to out Mahomes needed to outscore Kelsey by one point six points. We thought that was pretty doable. The other one was Kittle, the owner behind us. He needed ten points more out of Kittle than Mostert. Once Mostert scored his touchdown, <clears throat> and once uh, Mahomes rushed that touchdown in. We were. I was feeling pretty good. I mean, obviously, it wasn't over until it was over. But uh, we had about 20 people at the Super Bowl party at my house, rooting us on. Half of them didn't understand football or fantasy football, but they did understand $100,000. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That is great. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations. But I mean, I I, I remember the the thrill back in in 2008, Dave, uh, when when we cashed that big one. But it's I it's it's so much more amplified when you're talking about you know, investing $140 into this competition and then it's such a short sprint. And then with, with, when it's that close where it's Kelsey versus Mahomes uh, in the Super Bowl and you don't know what's going to happen, especially when you consider double points, God, what a rush that was.
2: Yeah, it was uh, a very
0: close finish it looks like. Insane, insane. We're talking uh, with Jim Cox and Jeff Everage, the $100,000 winners in the inaugural Football Guys Playoff Challenge uh, here on the HSFF Hour this week. On a points per game basis, let's let's look forward to, to 2020 here, Jeff. Uh, on a points per game basis, last season Josh Jacobs finished as the 16th ranked running back. He's actually going in FFPC best ball drafts uh, in the mid second at the 206 as the 11th running back off the board. Do you see him, given you know what the Raiders have? Do you see him making a significant enough leap to pay off that? And, and I guess what in a roundabout way I'm asking you is is would you feel comfortable taking Josh Jacobs? as the 11th running back off the board in the mid-second?
1: So, uh, I hope so. We have Jacobs in our second dynasty league. <laughs> I hope he does uh, <laughs> take a step forward. Um, I would say yes. I mean, he played hurt most of last year with that bad shoulder. And, and in the begin the first half of the season, I mean, he was well into the top ten. Uh, so, you know, if the shoulder's right this year, I think uh, – as, as Even if you take wide receiver in the first round and you come back and get him as your starting running back, I would, I would feel comfortable there. There's too many question marks with the guys around him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, and, and just to give everybody kind of an, an idea of what's going on with Josh Jacobs uh, as far as uh, FFPC best, best ball is going and who's going after him, as far as running backs, the next three guys off the board are Leonard Fournette, Miles Sanders, and Austin Eckler. Uh, so I, I can certainly see the upside with Josh Jacobs over both uh, Fournette, uh, Sanders, and Eck- and we still know where Echo is going to be playing football this year. Plus, I heard, so- and I don't know how true this is, that the Jaguars might be moving on for Leonard Fournette. I didn't even realize that like, he was a free agent or anything like that, which is insane to me that, that they would make that call. But whatever. you know, I, I'm not here to um, judge uh, personnel moves, but I am here to say that I'd much rather have Jacobs than Leonard Fournette, and they're basically going back-to-back in uh, in, uh, best ball drafts. Shifting our focus to rookie drafts, though, Dave.
2: Yeah, so, uh, Jim, I know you guys are in two dynasty leagues, and actually I just, uh, since I am an, an overall admin, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, I was able to look at one of your accounts, and I see that one of your dynasty leagues you have, uh, almost no rookie picks, but your, but your other one, you have all the, you know, first second, you have your first, second, third, you, you have the one Oh nine. It looks like. Uh, so do you guys, have you guys been talking about rookies yet? Uh, who you might take at the one Oh nine in that one draft or maybe trading up at all or, or any thoughts on the rookies so far this year? Um,
3: yeah. And then the, and that other one that you're talking about, we, we made some late moves to trade for Julio and Devonte Adams uh, trying to go all in on, on this year, but in the, uh, the other one where we have one, nine, we're actually, uh, we've been talking about maybe making the trade, trading Jacobs actually to, uh, try to get a few more, uh, first, second round picks out of it. Um, so looking at that, as far as the back half, uh, it looks like it's probably going to be a receiver, which is what we need. We have five, you know, pretty stud running backs, our, our, Worst running back in that league is Ingram as our fifth. So um, very nice. there's some chances to get decent receivers there at 1-9. At uh, obviously, we'd love to get some some Lamb or some Judy, but they're probably going to go off in the top four or five. Uh, so this, this draft seems to have gone back, I guess, back in the uh, – when we were drafting for this season – 2020 looked like it was going to be running back heavy and it seems to have turned a corner with a bunch of those guys deciding to go back to school and now it's more wide receiver heavy than it was uh you know eight months ago
0: Jeff I'm gonna uh, just just off the top of my head and I don't know if you have any uh particular allegiances as, as far as college football goes but I'm going to toss out some names here TCU wide receiver; these are all wide receivers TCU's uh, Jalen Rieger, uh, Texas's uh, Colin Johnson, and then Baylor's Denzel Mims. Do you have any thoughts that, that you could share on any of those players or, or any quote-unquote inside info or, or anything, given that, that you're, you're down in the heart of Texas and, and probably get a chance to, to to watch those guys play on Saturday a little bit more than, than Dave or I would?
1: Well, so as far as college allegiance, uh, I bleed orange and blue. I'm a Florida Gator. I'm sorry. I heard y'all talking Florida State talk uh, when I, before we came on. Uh as far as watching college football, unfortunately, <clears throat> because I am all in on the fantasy side, uh, I pretty much agree that my Sundays are my football days and my Saturdays unless the Gators are playing somebody, you know, that I that I want to watch, uh are family days. So I really haven't got to watch much. I mean Jim may actually can speak more to the college uh watching the college games, especially in the Big Twelve. Uh so, yeah, I wish I had more insight. I, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to the combine. Um, and then, obviously, it's all about, you know, landing spots where these guys go. Uh, that's going to increase okay. or Look, decrease their value.
0: Totally fine. I know I, I put you on the spot there, but now that I know you're you're a Florida fan, what about Van Jefferson? Do, do you think he's going to carve out being a, a pretty good possession receiver in the pros, given how polished a route runner he, he was for Florida?
1: Well... You know, unfortunately, Florida doesn't have a incredible track record uh, translating wide receivers to the NFL of late that I can off the top of my head. There's a couple. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I think he's got a shot, uh, to to your point, as a possession wide receiver. I mean, obviously the, the NFL is the best of the best, and uh, he's going to have to go prove himself. But I'm rooting for him. We'll see. We'll see where he lands. I was if Jim, if, yeah,
3: if, he, if he's a slot guy, uh, obviously in PPR, yeah. those guys could be monsters, being able to catch, you know, six to eight passes a week for sixty some yards and maybe take one of the house. So,
0: uh, speaking of monsters Caesar, and, and players, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's something that they don't coach too well in, in college, uh, by and large. Jim, uh, speaking of guys who, who can uh, take it to the house and, and are, are, have been monsters, C.D. Lamb, I don't know if you're an, an OU fan, but, but uh, this is a guy that could potentially be the number one receiver off the board. He probably won't be. He's probably going to be like the, the second, maybe the third, probably the second. But what can you tell us about C.D. Lamb and, and uh, what kind of career you envision him having at the next level? <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, I watch a lot of OU football, so, I mean, he looks phenomenal. Uh, But, I mean, D.D. Westbrook also did the same kind of stuff uh, a few years back when he was in that offense. I mean, so uh, I think he can do it for sure. It's just a matter of what spot and if he's got the uh, the right mindset to, uh, you know, translate it on. I mean, a lot of these guys coming out are still the – by far better athletes than anybody they play against. So now they're going to have to go against athletes that are virtually the same, if not better than them. And they're going to have to figure it out.
0: Good stuff, guys. I appreciate the dynasty insight here, uh, in, in mid February. Always good to talk about that. I want to get to some uh, listener emails here that, that came in for you. The, the first one's for, uh, Ron in Cleveland, um, and I'm going to pitch this to Jim. Uh, I'll let you answer this one. After Mark Andrews' breakout in 2019, are you willing to sink a late third-round pick into him for his services this season? Thank you for the email. Ron in Cleveland, Mark Andrews currently going in FFPC draft at the 311 as the number, I believe the number four tight end off the board, if I'm remembering correctly from when I looked at this. Yes, number four That's tight right. end it's, off the board four. at the 311. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jim, does that sound like a good spot where you'd get into business with him?
3: um, I think so. I mean, most of our drafts, I mean, we kind of fade tight ends and quarterbacks till later. But if I was going to be picking a tight end uh, in that third to fourth round area,
0: I mean, Andrews, he
3: definitely stepped up. I mean, Hurst finally started coming on towards the end of the year, so that's a – I guess a little bit of a question mark seeing as he was drafted higher than Andrews, um, what, two years ago. But I think Andrews at 311 would be a a decent pick as long as you had a a stud running back and stud receiver before you picked him.
0: Uh, Jeff, I'll I'll, uh, throw this next one to you. This is from John in Boca Raton. Hey, guys, is Michael Gallup for real? I know he was huge at Dak Prescott churning out quite the passing attack last year but I don't know if I can get on board with him in the seventh round. It feels like I am paying for last year's stats. Nice job on the 100K. Thank you for the email. John in Boca Raton, as I look up Michael Gallup's ADP right now, and he is indeed going at the 708 as the 32, uh, 32nd receiver drafted in FFPC best ball. Uh, so uh, is he for real, uh, Jeff, in, in your opinion? Is this a guy that's going to produce like he did in 2019 for another season?
1: It's funny you bring Gallup up. We're actually uh, talking about potentially trying to trade for him in in one of our dynasty leagues. Um, I think a lot's going to depend with Gallup on uh, what happens with Cooper uh, or if Cooper goes, who they get in to uh, be across from Gallup. But, no, I think Gallup's got the talent, and uh, he showed last year that he can produce. I think Dak's going to get only better. Um, depending on how the offensive you know, the new offensive uh team goes with the new the, the new coaching regime. So yeah, I mean I would I would I would
2: say Gallup in the seventh round is a good value.
0: Davey on board Gallup, Michael Gallup in the seventh round? You
2: no, know, I never really like Gallup that much, but I mean in a second this is a second year that he just yeah. had, right? Yep. On a points per game basis, he finished actually as wide receiver seventeen if you throw it Antonio Brown's one game. <laughs> right. So seventeen, so you're getting a fifteen 15- <laughs> 15-spot finish discount just because it's a new uh, new coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to be a year better, a year more mature. It's going from a second to third year. There's usually a jump there. And like he, you guys just said, Dak Prescott's going to be a little bit better. I too. think
0: too. And, and, and to Jeff's point, we don't know what's going to go on with Mari Cooper. I mean, there's a chance that he's not there. And I, I was shocked when I saw this, Dave. Randall Cobb is the number three receiver there last year. Fifty-five for like eight hundred and fifty yards last That's year, solid. and it's it's insane that he put up those numbers and Gallup was still an eleven hundred yard receiver. I, I know, just and Witten was like the twelfth tight end, I think. Yeah, yeah, Somewhere. exactly. And Ezekiel, it's not like Ezekiel Elliott fell off the face of the earth. I mean, right. maybe he had a down season by his standards, but he was still great. That Dallas offense was awesome. Yes, it was. And now you get Big Mac McCarthy coaching him.
2: Big Mac McCarthy. We got <laughs> yeah. mini Mike Bloomberg and Big Mac McCarthy. Big Mac McCarthy, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so guys, um, let's, all right, we, we actually have questions here. So I'm going to give this one to Jeff, and then uh, Jim, you can go next. So we're looking for sleepers and uh, busts, more or less. So we're looking for a player to be overdrafted this year, as well as a sleeper that you guys are going to try and target late. So we'll go Jeff first, then Jim.
1: Okay, uh, so overdrafted player. I think uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be way overdrafted, just like Mahomes was uh, based on his performance in 18. Uh, I mean, not that he couldn't put up incredible numbers, but there's no way uh, his draft stock should be as high as it is. Uh, I think he will be overdrafted. The underdrafted player, we were talking about tight ends earlier. I think Jim and I both really, really like uh, Ian Thomas this year. And uh, I would I would actually not take Andrews in the third round. I'd wait and grab Ian Thomas in the twelfth round. I think he could be the this year's Mark Andrews. And then one other one would be Deontay Johnson in, in Pittsburgh. I think he's going to have a phenomenal second year with Big Ben back across from Juju.
0: All right, Ian Thomas, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, and, you, and if you were drafting in an FFPC league, David, and, and you had a, a late first round pick. According to ADP, you could get Ian Thomas in the late 11th and then come back with Deontay Johnson in the early 12th. I love both those values for sure uh, this year. That's that's really, really good. Jim, go ahead with yours. Well,
3: I've looked at it, and it looks like Gurley and Kenyon Drake are both going like uh, mid-third, RB 14, 15. Uh, well, I mean, the way everything sounds, who knows if Gurley's even going to be on the Rams, and Drake's a free agent. Uh, he had the awesome end of the year, which actually cost us the championship. But uh, I don't know if he's going to be re-signed with the Cardinals or not. So those are two that I think are being overdrafted. I, definitely Gurley for sure is being overdrafted as a you know high-end RB two. Um, and you guys kind of stole a little bit of my thunder in the beginning of the show. I, I think uh, Robbie Anderson going in the uh, end of the tenth round as a uh, wide receiver forty-three, especially. As a free agent, as long as he doesn't re-sign with the Jets and goes maybe to like a Philadelphia or Houston to be their their second wideout, uh, he can put up phenomenal numbers and at least be in the top you know 24 for sure.
0: Yeah, I love it. I, 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 as it stands right now, I, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be targeting uh, Rabbi Anderson a lot in, in the tenth round. And certainly, there's other guys. That if if I was diversifying my portfolio, I'd, I I might go a couple of different ways, but mostly I really like Robbie Anderson in the tenth. Guys, uh, one last question before we let you go tonight. A hundred K, awesome, awesome, awesome payday for you guys, Jim. I'll let you go first. Do you have any plans on how you're going to spend that cash? And then and then Jeff, uh, let us know what uh, you plan on on doing with your half of the loot.
3: Well, with mine, uh, probably gonna end up buying. Um newer car for my girlfriend she's got a pretty old car and uh we just have a new one-year-old or almost one-year-old so need to get her something that is uh, a little more safe and reliable than what she's driving right now so that's probably what
1: uh, the majority of my cash is going to go for
2: nice and
1: uh whatever my wife wants to spend it on no i'm joking we uh (laughs) we are actually saving up uh we're we're saving up for uh potentially buying a new house this year, so this is gonna be a nice uh chunk uh, addition towards the, the down
0: payment for that. So couldn't have come at a better time. Oh. That's fantastic. Very responsible, gentlemen. You are you are this this is exactly
2: disappointing. Exactly this is terrible. This is exactly <laughs> what the
0: significant others wanna hear. On on our Valentine's Day weekend show, Dave. This is these oh, guys yeah, that's are, right, uh, day. earning kudos. Uh, Lately, you've earned our kudos. Thanks so much for for letting us talk fantasy with you uh, guys tonight. I want to wish you best of luck in your dynasty leagues and in the playoff challenges next year. Really, in all your leagues. Uh, thanks so much for for hopping aboard, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon.
1: We appreciate it, right, guys. guys. Thank you all for having us. Thanks you so bet.
0: That's Jim Cox. That's Jeff Everidge. The one hundred thousand dollar Football Guys Playoff Challenge co-champions, I, I guess uh, you could say. Uh, the inaugural FPC uh, Playoff Challenge. Well, those are great winners. Yeah, I, I good like stuff having, from I them. like having
2: two people on. There. They're both very engaging, and you can tell they liked each other. Well, yeah, you know, like they had a good banter. They, unlike this next fifteen minutes.
0: D- well, come on. The, um, they they share one mind, and I always wondered in in fantasy. And I don't know if you ha- have any philosophy on this. Sometimes I, I like to co-own teams, and I've co-owned teams with a lot of people over the years. Um, there, there's always something to be said for co-owning a team with a guy that does not think like you, that, that who's, whose decision-making doesn't always line up with you. And I, and I think sometimes over the years, that has saved me from, from making some... not that's a bad way of saying it. It's not saved me from making some bad decisions it's forced me to look at things from a different angle, which I think is invaluable in fantasy football. Yes, that's true. Sometimes we get this tunnel vision, and, and you know, approaching it from a different angle is, is so much better. So I always like that. All right, that said, um, let's move on to uh, fantasy feedback and answer some emails from some of the listeners, Dave, this week. Uh, first one is – I'm sorry, go ahead. What? Nothing. No, what?
2: I'm not hearing any music or anything.
0: Oh, I'm <laughs> – all right, Rob, go ahead. If
3: you've got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at H S F F Hour on Twitter. Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail Post it in the chat room during the broadcast.
0: Hashtag your tweet with H S F F or just smack Eric in the head. That's highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail or at H S F F Hour on Twitter. Uh, okay. Let's let's get into it. You know, I always try to keep this show to a tight 60. This
2: is so good now.
0: Um, it, uh, and I, I oftentimes tell Rob to eschew that part. And uh, so it's good to hear it every now and then. So there you go, Dave. I'm, yeah, I'm, every time. I, I think everybody is, is better for it. <laughs> Tom in Denver. What's up, Shannon and Zach? How do you guys fall in on the Noah Fant or Dallas Goddard discussion? I noticed that FFPC guys are pretty split about it in the draft rooms. Happy early Valentine's Day. Aw, thank you. Tom in uh, Denver. And uh, he's right. I I did look at this, Dave. Noah Fant and um, uh, Dallas Goddard are going back-to-back in FFPC best balls uh, right now, best ball drafts, excuse me, at the 708 and 709. Tight end 11, tight end 12. So these guys are the, if you wait on tight end, you're looking for a top 12 option. These are your last two chances on it. Who do you prefer here, Fant, or do you prefer Goddard?
2: It is an interesting question. Um, you really have to project. You know, Fant as a rookie tight end did pretty well. You know,
0: considering came on the second half, big time.
2: Yes, I mean he he did. I mean, realistically, he had two two good games. Okay, in this on the whole season, right? I mean, let's just okay start like week nine. He had twenty points. This is I'm going to use regular PPR because that's what I have in front of me. Sorry. 20 and a half, then a bye week, then 9.3, 4.4, 1.5, 21.3, 7.6, 3.0, and 1.4 in week 17. Mm. That's pretty not sounding yeah. that fun, right? Yeah, no, you're right. So I mean, so But granted, he's a rookie, so he's got to get better. I mean, do, do I think he can get that much better to get to Goddard's level, and will Goddard not improve or do better? I don't know. I think I'm going to take Goddard because, I mean, you still have a higher
0: floor, and you might even have a higher ceiling with Goddard. I guess – and and – I was ready to say Fant because it just seems like, you know, you have Miles Sanders and Alshon Jeffrey and, and – And Ertz. And Ertz, obviously, there. I think I'm going to say Goddard, and and, I, and here's why. You look at Fant, that, you know, hit-or-miss battleship-like production that we've seen at, at the end of the season, that was all without Emmanuel Sanders on the team. He was gone by then. That was with – who is supposed to be the starting quarterback this year. That was with Drew Locke. Yeah. So I mean there's there's some red flags there. And you do
2: and you have Wentz throwing the ball instead
0: of Drew Locke. You know, and that's right. a
2: huge difference too, of
0: course. That's what that's really the paramount question you should we should be asking in the first place. Also consider this too. Um Denver might be looking at some pass catchers early on in the draft, uh, or in free agency too. Um which, you know, the the cover was more bare. The opportunity was there for Fant last year and and he somewhat Took control of it, but mostly he did So I'm going to say Goddard over Fan. You
2: know, the wide receivers for Philly will continually get hurt. So you have Jeffries getting hurt all the time. Well,
0: Aguilar he, might not be back. I wasn't even counting him oh, okay. as a wide
2: receiver because <laughs> I don't. he's Djax like a piece probably of crap. won't be back. And D.Jacks is he's he's just yeah. he's going on to whatever
0: next team wants to throw the ball deep twenty times a, right. a year. Yep.
2: And then hit him ten of the times. I'm
0: sure Bruce Arians will offer him a contract minimum, a so veterans minimum. Yeah.
2: He get De- Deshaun Jackson has made more money off being fast and getting hurt a lot. I mean, I know he puts up numbers when he's healthy, but good gracious, it's not yeah. very often. Yeah, no, you're totally right on that. He's, like a, he's always, It seems like he's a colossal boss
0: as a draft pick all the time. Oh, well, I, you know he, you know, what he was like is, um, I'm going to bring him up again, Devery Henderson. You know, you always want these big play receivers in best ball, and I think there's three levels of those big play receivers in best ball. There's the Devery Hendersons, who's literally two for 120 and two touchdowns every four weeks. The Deshaun Jacksons, who are a little bit more consistent, You can, I mean, he's more like um, like a bad week for him is like three for 45, and then a, a great week for him is like eight for 170 and three touchdowns, and then you have the, the, the elite tier, the icon tier, if you will, the Steve Smiths, where, you know, what's his floor, six for 60, and, and when he was really white hot, it'd be like 12 for 203 touchdowns, you know what I mean? So I think those are the three levels of of the big play receivers that you have, and and Djax is is certainly smack dab right in the middle of it. So he's had
2: his career started in 2008, and it's now 2020, so 2019. So it's a 12-year career, is that Uh right? He has had
0: one 16-game season. Oof, that's rough, one. And he had that kind of coming into – I feel like he had knee issues at Cal – yeah. And 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 just never sort of shook him, and and that's a tough thing to do. Um, so I get it, what why it's that way. But at the same time, you shouldn't be overdrafting. Since 2014, he's had one season
2: with 100 or more targets, and that's 2016 with exactly 100. And <laughs> since 20, so then he's had zero seasons over with 101 or more targets since 2013.
0: Yeah, so I, I, and I don't think like I I don't think any of our listeners are like rushing to you know, draft the Sean Jackson, especially anymore. You know, honestly, I, I will be targeting, targeting him more than I will be ignoring him. Dave, given that I think the hate on him is so like, what, what am I drafting this guy for? You know, at this point, in fact, I'm that's my gonna, question right there. I'm going to look him up. What right am I drafting now. this guy for? 1603. I guess that's still too rich for me, but I get uh, it. I mean,
2: it's pretty cheap, but still.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Steve in Rochelle park, New Jersey, Dave, he writes uh, dear balky and Dave. Given that Aaron Rodgers is normally a rock-solid draft pick, is he a must-grab at his current ADP coming off such a down year by his standards? No. Steve, I appreciate the email. You say no. You don't even know where he's going. No, I don't. I don't want him. <laughs> what if I told you he was going in the 14th, it's 14th
2: round? Yeah. <laughs> right after DJI? He's
0: not going in the 14th round.
2: Uh, I'd I I take him.
0: This is an easy fade for you, then. He's QB10 at the 903.
2: Uh, Yeah, i probably... Yeah, I'd probably pass, I guess. Maybe. I don't think
0: I would. Eh. I, I, I can definitely get a I, First of all, to answer his question, he's not must-draft for me. I don't think there's ever been a quarterback that's been must-draft for me. Maybe Lamar Jackson last year. Um, that was probably the closest that ever came for me. But you look at Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I never really thought he fully – Embrace is the wrong word. I never really felt like he was fully in tune with Matt LaFleur's offense at any point last season. And, and that's not just because it was a new offense, a new head coach. The weapons that he had last year, outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, I mean, they were among the worst in the NFL. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying that. They were terrible. K terrible. So Aaron Rodgers. Um so what you, the
2: Adams. I said, outside,
0: outside of Adams and Jones, they were the worst weapons in the NFL. You mean outside of his number one running back and his number one receiver? You take number one ru- wide receiver and w- number one running back off any NFL team this year, and I'd rather have their supporting cast in uh, the Packers. I mean, it's, not, I mean, it's kind of – that's a lot of ifs. That's two players.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's the number one it's – this is the running back, which is generally one player. Right. And then it's the number one receiver, which is like half the targets. My, my Maybe po- not half, but it's a, you know, 25%.
0: My, my point is, outside of those guys, the weapons were terrible. Eh,
2: okay. They, they nah, were wretched.
0: Maybe but, you're a Lazard guy or Jamal No, but, no I'm not,
2: but I'm, all I'm saying is that because Adams is so great, what you're really not saying is you're not saying that his overall weapons are as bad as. I mean, his weapons could have been the. He could have been, had the top eight best weapons in the NFL offensively with, because Jones was so great and Adams was so great, even if the rest of the guys sucked. Well, and you're, and you're not really saying much, you know, offense, but you're not really saying much of anything.
0: Well, I, I think I am saying something of something.
2: Well, I mean, but Rodgers, with an awesome player like Devontae Adams and an awesome running back like Aaron
0: Jones, probably
2: should have done better. I guess the, Even if he has I, that supporting Well, I, I don't
0: know necessarily if that's true, but I will say this. Because Aaron Jones was so awesome rushing the football, Aaron Rodgers was not counted on for a whole lot either. And
2: Well, it just feels that he, cause he's not an all-pro superstar quarterback anymore. He's gone. He's now – he's. Gone over
0: the hill and he's yeah. now going down and he's gonna keep going down and I, I, going down. I totally agree with that. I feel like he is still on the upside of that downslope though. <laughs> I, I I think he's got quite a ways to go before it's like, all right, what are they doing here? It's it, you know with him, it's it, to me it's different
2: than like Big Ben. Big Ben like just stays, you know if he's not hurt, he's awesome.
0: Yeah. I don't
2: I have, I would take big I don't know where Big Ben's going compared to Rodgers, but I'm actually more interested in Roethlisberger.
0: He's going way later. So i all Rogers. take Roethlisberger. Lavasburg is going later than Rodgers. Oh wait, it's not even close. Yeah, so I'll take Rodgers. Oh wait, wait, it cheaper. is close. I'm sorry. I thought he was going in the 16th round for some reason. This must have adjusted. 11, He's still going after Rodgers. 10th, He's QB19. Oh. At the 11:02. All right, yeah, it's a couple so rounds later. two rounds later, and and um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely get it on. I the, the point where Rodgers is going is where you start to take two
2: in a row anyway. If you're right. not, if you yep. taking one, so you could take Rodgers and Roethlisberger, Rodgers and someone else I, like
0: I, that. I, I guess here's here's the whole point of, of what I'm saying. When Brian Gutekunst, the the GM for the Packers, when he has sensed a weakness, they've gone all in on it. When they needed D backs, he drafted a ton of them. When they needed pass rushers, he went out and signed two of them and then used his first first-round first first pick on one. They need receivers bad this year, Dave. I could see them taking two receivers in the first two days of the draft, and all of a sudden Rodgers has Adams plus those two in a historically really good class of, of rookie-wide receivers – plus Aaron Jones, and then Jay Sternberger, who, by the way, I think we've talked about this on the show. I think he's primed for a big leap forward. I really like Aaron Rodgers uh, this coming season in the second year that Matt LaFleur offers. All right, well, good. I could be wrong. I, I really, we'll see. Yeah, that's fine. But, but I'm, I'm down.
2: You know who I don't like really at the spot? Like we were talking about is, that Kyler, is Kyler Murray. Four, why is he fourth? I don't oh, understand.
0: I'll tell you why he's fourth, because we've been talking him up on this show since he won the Heisman. I mean, he's
2: he, he was only the number 11 quarterback on a points-per-game basis last year. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it, well, I, people. I mean, I know
2: he's a rookie he did rush at, for 550 yards.
0: New offense, new head coach. You know, it's I get it. Not really it.
2: much of a new offense,
0: but go ahead. But you, you understand what I'm saying, though. The, well, yeah, I guess it, it's it was basically what he ran at OU. But even still, you look at uh, Kyler Murray taking a leap forward. I, maybe people are big believers in Andy Isabella improving. Maybe they're big believers in Hakeem Butler being a big time thing. He's getting fits back. We don't know what they're going to do with running back, as as we were talking with Jim and Jeff earlier. Kenyon Drake's a free agent. God, they gotta sign him. I, I don't see how they can let him go. Uh, but stranger a lot things have happened. I mean, yeah,
2: from their perspective, they could just grab a rookie in the second or third round. Yeah, I mean, possibly. No, it's they, they deep definitely could.
0: Running back, wide receiver is uber deep. Running back is very deep. This is a great rookie class as far as skill position goes. All right, so ended, that that it's was okay. me
2: that got us off on this tangent. All right, uh, so
0: anyway, let's get back to Rich in Zebulon, North Carolina. He writes, which Giants receiver would you guys draft first this year, Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton? Thanks so much, uh, much. Excuse me. That's Rich in Zebulon, North Carolina. Dave, these guys are going extremely close in, in drafts right now. Sterling Shepard is the 42nd wide receiver going at the 10-10, and Darius Slayton is the 41st receiver going at the 1008. So almost back-to-back, Darius Slayton kind of came out of nowhere last season, um, really made a lot of plays both with Eli Manning and with Daniel Jones. So you look at these guys, are you going for the upside in Slayton, or are you going with Steady Eddie and the Sterling Shepard, uh, both of these guys going in the mid-to-late 10th?
2: I think I would take Shepard. He's got more draft capital. He averaged more points per game last year. He missed some time. Uh, I think his targets are more consistent as well. I mean, uh, Slayton had a zero, I think, in week 15 here. Is that what I'm looking up? <laughs> that sounds week, right. Week 16. Okay. So if you were counting on him in your uh, fantasy playoffs, Woof. he gave you a big fat zero. You probably lost your game thanks to him. So uh, I'll take Shepard. I'm
0: going to hedge a little bit when I answer this question. I think that if I have a heavy wide receiver squad at at this point in the draft, in the mid-10th, I'm actually going to roll with Slayton and go with the upside given that he, he – created a lot of big plays last year if i don't let's say i went with two tight ends in the first eight rounds or maybe i got three or four running backs then i'm going to go with more of like the consistent production and i'll go with sterling Shepard, the guy who's much more likely to get six for 60 you know 11 weeks out of the year so that that's how i would hedge on on answering that question well i don't draft that
2: way but more power to you enjoy
0: what do you mean you don't draft that way I i don't i don't do that Okay. I'll
2: take the player I'd rather have not who cares Regardless about the of, of what the your camp. team
0: looks like yeah. Okay, this is an interesting philosophical question This is good <laughs> BPA
2: no matter what
0: uh, You know, whatever yeah.
2: if, I, if I like one player better
0: than another, I do So Regardless of what your team looks like That's fine, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it yeah. um, Final yeah, I'm email glad you Yeah, well, I do approve <laughs> No question Peter in New York Should Latavius Murray be drafted as more than just a handcuff this year Given Alvin Kamara's performance and injuries last season? He looks to be a steal in drafts right now. Tell me what I'm missing here. That's Peter in New York. Dave, don't look at where he – did you already look at where he finished last year? No. Perfect. I was trying to. All right. Don't look at where he finished. I'm going to tell you where he's going right now in drafts. I'm going to guess he finished 32 running back. Oh, that is an excellent guess. Okay. 29. No,
2: all right. Running
0: back 29 last year. He is going in the 1108 of drafts this year, Murray. The 40-something. 40 43. All right. Now, I understand people want to they, they, they draft for upside at, at that point in the draft, so sure. you will get players like this. That's an awful big disparity for Latavius Murray not going to the 11th round when we saw what he did last year. And, and we've also, by the way, seen what happens to these running backs that are rode pretty hard their first few years in the NFL. They tend to break down a little bit more. We saw it with Gurley. I think we're seeing it with Elliott. We saw it with David Johnson as well. I just think that Latavius Murray had two awesome games last year it might be more than two awesome games with New Orleans this year, especially if Breeze comes back.
2: Yeah, you know I can totally get on board with that. I mean, that's one nice thing is uh, it's it's nice to be able to draft a drafted player in that spot that's going to get some production. So if you really are desperate and you need him, even if he's not having a great year, at least you can toss him in there, and you can't feel terrible about it if you have a bye week thing. Yeah, but then he does have the total upside
0: if, if uh, Kamara gets hurt. So I, I I'm all on board with that totally. But, you know the the problem with that is he's not a pass catcher and he is not he doesn't offer much standalone value uh, if, if Camara is, is healthy, but well, you know, I mean, he averaged 9.8 points per game. I mean, that is a low end RB three, but if you look at the averages, they, they, they spiked for a few weeks there and he had a lot of dogs in there too. Uh, yes,
2: that's right. He had two thirty two point. He had some big games. You're right. Yeah. Very good. point. So, and,
0: and that's when Camara was cool. out. When he's out. All right. Um, good, very good point. But, but to, to your point, I mean, Alexander Madison's going right, right by him. Tony Pollard, Royce Freeman. These, this is all handcuffed city. Who, who's representing? Well, you know,
2: Freeman actually. I think Freeman's. It does get carries regardless. I think Freeman might be a better pick. Do you think Curry. it's
0: closer with him and Lindsay this year?
2: No. Well, I, I think that it was fairly.
0: It did tighten balanced. up. It was yeah.
2: fairly balanced even last year, even early on. He still got playing time the whole season. They drafted him for a reason. I think Lindsey is the guy they, that is just better and they prefer. But right. like, Freeman does get playing time. You know, the thing
0: is with Lindsey, he's he's a smallish guy. Yeah, right. And that wrist thing, that was still giving him problems after he had surgery on it last year. I, I don't know if that's going to be a debilitating thing, but to be a running back, you've got to be able to use your hand. And yeah, and the wrist is connected to the hand bone. According to that song. In any event, on that note, I think we're going to end tonight's show. I want to thank Jim Cox, Jeff Everage, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course each and every one of you for tuning in on this extra special Thursday night extravaganza of the HSFP Hour. We will be live next week uh, at ten nine Central. FFPC Playoff Challenge fourth place finisher Steve Rannigan, a long time guy who's had a lot of success in Ranigan's coming, out, yeah, right. in the That'll Football Guys Players Championship, a, a lot of other national contests. Uh, So we're going to have some fun with him next Friday. As long as he doesn't talk baseball. Well, I, no guarantees on that. I, I can't, you I'm, know. I'm going to the bathroom if you All right. Well, that's All right, uh, well, I'll let them know that, That no question. <laughs> so that is coming up next Friday at 10:9 Central. I want to remind everybody, if you're looking to play a little Dynasty uh, fantasy football, like Jim and Jeff are our guests tonight, you can do so. MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty. Plenty of orphans out there that need a good team, and you get a pretty good deal on them as well. Uh, best ball is available at the uh, $35, 77 and $250 price range. superflexes. is um double ups and uh everything all available at myffpc.com Your Valentine's Day weekend officially this starts This has been now. another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Was your wife thrilled when you told her that you wouldn't have to do a show tomorrow night? she just laughed she couldn't care less so you guys aren't even doing anything uh we might go out to you oh. somewhere says the by the way says the guy who's going ice fishing with his idiot friends and not spending valentine's day with. Yeah, what does <laughs> your wife think about that she's like oh just, uh, well uh. you know i sent her the you know whenever we one of us has something going on we send each other a google invites so i sent her the google invite and she accepted it right away and then she replied back she's like Valentine's Day, really? <laughs> like, hey, man, I, you know what can I tell are you? Your friends all single? I mean, they no. Are... They, and ev- everybody in—it's seven of us that go up, and we are all married. And and I was not the one who chose this. This it's weekend, an artificial not. holiday made up by Hallmark or whatever. Anyway, Valentine's Day is. Oh, maybe that's Sweetest Day. Sweetest Day for sure. But whatever. I don't know. Maybe Valentine's Day. I, I mean, I,
2: Valentine I is a saint or whatever. But yeah. You know,
0: whatever. I don't. Fine. I don't. I'm gonna have to look up the the etymology or the mythology behind uh, Valentine's Day. I have no idea how it became a holiday. Yeah. That's yeah. my project for this weekend when I'm sitting out freezing yeah, my right took off you have on the ice. No uh, problem. Time. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody.